And we're back on Money Talk, and it's time for A View from Mainland China. We're going to welcome to the show Dr. Ryan Manuel, the founder of Bilby AI. Good morning. Hi. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, first time on the show. Uh, why don't you, we're going to give you a chance to give us one minute about uh, who you are, what you're up to, and uh, what's your take on uh, you know, your, your, your expertise in China. Sure. Uh, I teach Chinese politics at Hong Kong University, and a few years ago I left to run an artificial intelligence startup, uh, which basically uses AI and big data to read everything that comes out of government, particularly focused on China for me, obviously, with my background teaching Chinese politics. And we use that to predict what China's regulations activities will be and also to get a, a better feel for what's going on in the country at the time. Okay, super interesting and super relevant. Uh, one of those big issues uh, where there, I know you've probably got a lot of numbers to crunch is from foreign investment. Uh, mm. And things have gotten a little wonky there. I mean, it, it, traditionally, uh, especially the U.S. business community was uh, played a role in explaining China to U.S. policymakers. But it seems like uh, that, that role may have shifted a little bit or maybe they're feeling a little uncertain about what's going on in China themselves right now. Can you, can you give us a little bit more on that? So there's, there's two parts of that. The first is, is what is happening in the U.S. itself, as in the climate and, and how much people want to listen to certain voices or how much certain voices get traction within D.C. And I, I think on that, it's, it's fairly clear that there's, there's a real issue right now in fighting back against a, a fairly set narrative about where China's going and the need to have what the, the U.S. Administ the current administration is calling a high fences um, over what, what is being defined as a small yard, but of course is, is the yard that is probably the most attractive to the business community. Mm. And then the other part is, is foreign investors looking at China itself and what's happening in China and trying to get a feel for you know where we allocate our capital, do we like what the climate is seeing. Uh, the Chinese government itself has put out a lot of very foreign investor-friendly uh, clauses and, and provisions in its policies recently, mm. but at the same point, if they put out anything that, that doesn't fit. So, for example, last week, we saw the anti-espionage laws come out, the new one. It's an update of the 2014 law. Uh, that's always going to scare investors more because of this, this U.S. climate, which is pushing in the opposite direction. So it's, it's this classic problem of kind of which data point matters the most when you're talking about U.S. and China and, and the size and scale of these economies. Mm. Investors have to make you know, very specific decisions based on huge amounts of, of macro data points. Mm. And so it's kind of a, a question of pushing back against a fairly strong tide if you're the U.S. business community. Um, I'm not surprising they're not seeing much traction in D.C., to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, there was a time when the U.S. business community would be would be pushing the U.S. government to kind of hammer down on China a little bit to help them improve IP Absolutely. protection, these types of things. But, I mean, what's happening now is now it's like is the U.S. business community now, they're trying to, like, lower the temperature of U.S.-China friction, and are they banging on doors and nobody wants to listen, or are they not even trying because they don't want to look like they're they're taking China's side? I mean, where how was it? How was that falling out? Well, it, it's you've got to have a huge amount of sympathy. I mean, there's this nice line from McKinsey that they're you know the next China is China. There just is no opportunity as attractive, but at the same point, you have to. You know, we exist in, in a regulated world where you have to talk to government and you have to have the feeling that that you're not going to, to sort of set yourself up. You know, the, the time frame on investment is, is so long that you don't want to set up a problem that in a year's time you sort of hold in front of Congress to defend yourself. Sure. 
And so I think I think it's more a, a time frame issue. Uh, China right now has a lot of very attractive possibilities again because of uh, the actions we've seen since, since the new administration started with the same leader, obviously uh, in in October. But you have a, a broader climate of there's no other word for distrust between the two countries. Mm. And if you're business, I mean, how how do you? it's very hard to push back against macro tides with sure. micro evidence. You know, you can yeah, say, well, yeah. we, we, we have this great investment, but then people are like, oh, well... What does that mean for, for us? Exactly. <laughs> what, does it, what does that do for America? Um, one of the reasons they're over there, and we've got about... Uh, we got a, we got a couple of minutes left on the show, um, is, is the Chinese consumer. And, yeah. you know, there's a, big, there's a big story there. I know you guys are crunching the data on that. Um, where, I mean, how are you looking at the Chinese consumer market and where where it's strong, where it's weak. I mean, what what are what are the numbers telling you guys? Yeah, it's it's super lumpy. Is the problem. So what we're seeing is at the local level quite a lot of of weakness, and so you're seeing lots of you know, furious activity. Um, you know, barbecue restaurants being funded more in, in yes. towns that see themselves as specialising in that, but all sorts of sort of micro activities where local governments are trying to stimulate with whatever they've got. But at the same point, you know, they're struggling. And at the macro level, there's, there's a big push from the central government, you know, not just rhetoric. I mean, there's been rhetoric about increasing consumption for 20 years, but there's concrete policies that are constantly being rolled out. And mm. that's flowing on quite nicely to the industrial sector. But confidence, you know, consumption is largely a confidence story. And as people are coming out of COVID, some areas are, are flourishing and, and you're seeing sort of revenge spending, as they call it. Sure. And... Other areas, there's not the necessarily the confidence. I mean, you've had the real estate sector smashed. Yeah. You've had a, a big policy turnaround on COVID, and you've also got this constant drumbeat of, as you say, negative news from from business. It's it's a it's a difficult environment to, to sort of make a generalisation of. So I sure. think what we're seeing is consumption. Then people, you know, probably logically, are like, well, let's let's sit and wait. Uh, and then for the central government perspective, the stimulus programs and things that they're doing to encourage consumption are probably being more picked up at the industrial level rather than at the individual level. So you're, you're saying that maybe investors should be looking more at uh, industrial play stocks than necessarily consumer stocks because the, the granularity of the consumer stocks is going to make it difficult to pick winners. It, it's more that if, if it's something that's, that's sort of momentum, you know, if, if you're looking for something where uh, you know, miles high or, or those sorts of those sorts of areas, not to recommend a specific stock or brand. What what you're seeing is is you're not going to see easy data to make mm. to make predictions on. You know, you're going to see sort of tactical trades, things like that. All it's right. not a it's not a logical sector right now where you can be like, well, here's where it's going, here's where the chart's going. Okay, all right, a good price to enter or exit. So play like the uh, the Oracle of Omaha. Pick your companies. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Ryan Manuer, founder of Bilby AI, for coming on the show.